Hello, and welcome to Hall Render's Practical Solutions in Healthcare podcast, featuring analysis and insight on legal issues facing the healthcare industry. My name is Benjamin Fee. I'm an attorney in the Hall Render Denver, Colorado office. Today, I'm joined by my colleague, Joe Krause, in our Milwaukee, Wisconsin office. Both Joe and I are part of a Hall Render work group focused on COVID-19 relief funding for healthcare hospitals and other providers and suppliers. One aspect of relief funding that organizations are looking at right now is the expanded CMS Accelerated Payment Program. That's the focus of this podcast. And the reason we've got Joe here with us, he's been answering these questions for a number of clients, thought we would talk through some of the questions that that we have been asked to help uh, you listening to this work through that program or or in deciding whether you want to seek funds through that program. So Joe, just to start things off, I guess, could you tell us a little bit more about what is the Medicare Accelerated or Advanced Payment Program? Sure, Ben. Uh, The the CMS Accelerated or Advanced Payment Program is is actually an existing program that's been around for years um, that allows the Medicare program to accelerate or advance Medicare payments in order to provide emergency funding and address cash flow issues. Uh, if there's a disruption in claim submission or claims processing issues, it's historically been used in response to natural disasters, you know, to accelerate cash flow to those impacted providers and suppliers in those areas. Um, but last week, uh, as part of the CARES Act that was signed into law by the president, there, it was significantly expanded, the accelerated payment program um, as part of the COVID-19 public health emergency to apply to a broader category of providers and suppliers uh, to increase the amount of payments available uh, and to lengthen the repayment timeframes. Um, CMS also released a fact sheet late on Saturday night with some updated guidance for the accelerated payment program based on those changes. So I guess first question is you mentioned that this is part of the CARES Act, huge piece of legislation, a lot of lot of information in there. When we think about the CARES Act, a lot of times we're thinking about uh, there is a, a $100 billion fund set up to help healthcare providers offset some of their costs, uh, possibly recover some losses. It, it, is this part of that fund or is this a separate thing? No, this is a completely separate fund uh, or program, um, not at all related or linked to that $100 billion relief uh, that will be going out separately. Um, so this is a completely separate application and processing within the Medicare program. And you mentioned its expansion of an existing program. What what types of entities are able to request? I know we've gotten this question uh, a lot. Some think that maybe it's limited to to hospitals, but um, what other organizations or healthcare industries could could maybe or healthcare entities could maybe take advantage of this? Yeah, no, yeah, that's that's one of the misnomers floating around out there. It's not just limited to hospitals. It's hospitals, critical access hospitals, skilled nursing facilities, any type of healthcare entity enrolled in the Medicare programs. That would even include physician groups and the like. Um, anything that's enrolled with Medicare can request these funds if they qualify. What what would they what are the criteria for qualifying? Yeah, so there's there's some criteria related to 
that you've billed Medicare within the past 180 days prior to submitting the request form. The entity submitting it can't be in bankruptcy um, or under active medical review or program integrity investigation, um, and they can't have any outstanding delinquent overpayments. Essentially, the Medicare program wants to make sure that it's still a going concern. But importantly, there's not a need-based threshold for requesting these funds for COVID-19 related expenses as there has been in the past. Outside of the pandemic, um, hospitals or other entities would need to show that there's a need for these funds, but that um, has been done away as part of the CARES Act um, and CMS guidance that was released last weekend. So uh, entities requesting these funds basically need to check a box on a form saying that there's a delay in billing um, and fill on a short description that the funds are being requested uh, due to the COVID-19 pandemic. And that will make it easy for the MAC to understand that this is why those funds are being requested and accelerates the processing of those forms. So open to a number of different providers and suppliers, the criteria are pretty straightforward, pretty uh, simple. Most providers and suppliers likely, likely will meet those criteria that you just described. Uh, you mentioned in the form, I think, uh, probably talk a little bit more about that when we talk about the process. Next question I think we get a lot is how much can organizations request? What's, what's the amount of payment that someone could get through this accelerated payment program? Yeah, so there's, there's basically three categories of entities and how they calculate um, how much they can request or the maximum amount they can request. Uh, first, hospitals can request up to 100% of Medicare payment based on a six-month look-back period. Critical access hospitals, those being small rural hospitals that are paid by Medicare based on their cost, they can actually request up to 125% of their Medicare payment amount. Uh, that's also for a six-month look-back period. And then everything else, any other type of provider or supplier enrolled with Medicare, they, they can request up to 100% of their Medicare payments, but only for a three-month look-back period. So they have a smaller look back period, which will mean that it's going to be a smaller amount based on the revenue. And one thing that came up tied to that is, is how, I know we get asked quite a bit how organizations need to calculate that. I think when they hear that it's based on a look back period, based on historical Medicare payments under part A and part B, is how do they calculate those amounts? And include those in their application process. What does that look like? And, and I know things have been changing uh, because again, this program wasn't designed for this type of use. It, it's been expanded as part of the CARES Act. So do organizations, could you talk a little bit about, I guess, how organizations calculate those look back periods or look back amounts or even if they have to at this point? Yeah, so there's not real detailed guidance on, you know, like what the source documentation is for calculating this, whether it's the cost report or for hospitals, the PSNR or, or some other source. Um, so entities are really just using kind of good faith estimates based on some period for them. Um, and uh, one of the, the key things is that it, it is just Medicare Part A and Part B payments. Um, it's um, better used to calculate those amounts. It doesn't include Medicare Advantage uh, or Part C payments. Those, those shouldn't be included. Um, we've actually learned that CMS has provided MACs with a 
listing of the maximum amount each provider supplier is able to get through this process based on their own calculations. And some of the MACs have been updated their forms to allow entities to, to just check a box saying, I, I want the maximum amount allowed and calculated by CMS to make the process a lot easier for those entities. Um, some of the MACs have not done that, um, so they still ask you to fill in an amount, but um, you can always include in your cover letter that, that you'd like the maximum amount calculated by CMS, and that might be one way to get that maximum amount. And MACs are continuing to update their forms, so entities should continue to check those websites to make sure they're using the most recent and updated form um, to you know, make the process go more smoothly. And I think on that point, if an organization has already requested and they used an old form, my understanding is the MACs have said they will process requests using the old forms. If, you, if an organization happened to have, have tried to submit something right away before the MACs actually created COVID-19 specific forms, is that that's correct? Yep, yeah, you're exactly right. Because of this has been moving so fast and, and rolling out at different you know, speeds at different MACs, some of the MACs had their forms updated right away and some did not. And, and we understand that they're not going to hold that against providers just because they were, uh, you know, submitted it right away. They'll, they'll still accept those old forms um, and that shouldn't hold up anything. And this is in the, in the name, it's Accelerated Payment Program. Everything's moving pretty quickly here. This is actually probably some of the first guidance that we received from HHS related to relief funding coming out very quickly after the CARES Act was, was signed into law. Along those lines, what's the time frame from submission of a request to a MAC to actually receiving funds? What what should organizations be expecting? Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. This this was very fast. I mean the, the CARES Act was signed into law on a Friday afternoon, Friday, early evening. And this guidance came out essentially 24 hours later. So it has been a scramble to, to understand what's going on and, and it's been a scramble to, to submit. Uh, we understand that these are being processed on a first in, first out basis. CMS initially stated that they wanted Max to work to review and issue payments within seven calendar days of receiving their crust. And it, it, that's probably ambitious given the, the number of entities that we know that have submitted. So that might have been the initial guideline or timetable, but uh, once more entities are getting these in the pipeline, it, it probably will slow down. So the sooner your request is submitted, the more likely the MAC will issue payment um, and, and get that out to entities that need it for their COVID-19 response. Yeah, and we're recording this oh, a few days after that guidance came out. So it actually hasn't been seven days since the guidance came out. So so. We don't actually know if the MACs have started distributing funds yet or if they'll be able to meet that, that seven-day time frame. But certainly your point to it's a fairly simple form available to a lot of different providers and suppliers. Get it in. And the early, sooner you get it in, the more likely you'll get paid in a, in a time frame more consistent with that seven-day, maybe a little bit longer, uh, with uh, consistent with the intent of the program of getting some money to organizations right away as Health and Human Services works through how they're going to distribute other funds available through the CARES Act or other relief funds that may be available through other avenues. What One, we talk about this as it's an, ex I think there's two things I want to talk a little bit about, ask you about. It's an accelerated payment program. 
So can you talk about the repayment obligations? They're, they're, this is not a grant or a forgivable loan. This is accelerated payments, advanced payments, and there are repayment obligations tied to it. Can you tell us a little bit more about when those repayment obligations begin and, and how those repayments occur? Sure, yeah. So, so first I'll start for hospitals and critical access hospitals because they have slightly different rules than all other entities. Um, they get a little bit longer period to pay it back. But essentially what happens is once an entity gets the funds, the they accelerated payment funds, they they get those on day one and nothing happens for 120 days. During that time frame, they can use the funds as part of their COVID-19 response um, and go on with business as usual. Starting on day 121, CMS starts to withhold from uh, payments that the hospital would otherwise be receiving amounts towards that APP balance. Um, once the time frame gets to one year for hospitals and critical access hospitals, the MAC will basically do a manual check to see if there's anything still outstanding. At that point, if, if there is still anything outstanding, they'll they'll send a demand letter and it'll say the remaining funds need to be repaid within 30 days. If they're not being repaid within 30 days, you're going to start accruing interest at X rate. And we understand the rate right now is 10.25% uh, or it was in on March 31st. I'm not sure if they've re re uh, released the new rates for April yet. So at that point, hospitals either need to repay it, the, the remaining balance, or they can request what's called an extended repayment schedule that would allow them to repay the remaining amount over an up to 60 month period if they meet certain hardship um, requirements. So that's hospitals and critical access hospitals. For everybody else, um, they have the same 120 day period where they don't owe anything back. And on day 121, CMS or the MAC starts to withhold payments uh, dollar for dollar against that APP balance. And then once we get to 210 days, that's when the MAC will do a manual check for those entities to see if there's anything still outstanding. And they would issue the demand letter at that point, triggering a 30-day repayment requirement or interest starts. Um, or they can request an extended repayment schedule at that point as well. Can you just confirm you when the, the timeframes that you mentioned there, the 120 days, the one year for hospitals in terms of a full repayment, being due, those begin at the date of receipt of the initial requested funds, correct? Yep, yeah, so that's, that's an important point. So the hospital would be submitting their form at, at some point. The, the clock doesn't start until those funds actually make their way to the entity, to the healthcare entity. So we're not counting from when you submit the application, it's when the funds are transferred and made available to you. And you mentioned things are changing rapidly. I think everyone uh, is, is aware of that uh, as we work through all of this. And you mentioned the over 10% interest uh, in the event that there's an outstanding balance after the, the other repayment time period uh, runs out. I guess uh, that probably would strike me or does strike me as a pretty high percentage. Uh, given the market right now, do we have any sense of whether that could change or there would be flexibilities in that? Or is that just something that we should keep an eye on and, and, and hope for? 
it's it's something that we should keep an eye on. But we have been told by some Macs that that those are the, the what I outlined before with the timing and the interest. That's that's kind of the process for that as it's been set up previously and and how they would normally, you know, take uh, an entity through this APP program from when they get the money to when they have to start repaying it. But we have been told by some Macs that further guidance. Uh, is expected, and it uh, it's definitely possible that um, we'll get some guidance that's different from past repayment obligations that allow hospitals maybe longer time to repay, or different interest rates, or something, or um, or ability to offset the hundred billion dollar fund against these amounts. That's also something that's been floated around out there in the industry. I think that's an important point too to think about this in the context of the other relief funding that that is out there that that will be made available, but that we just don't know yet how, which is this is a way to get funding as organizations as the government decides other avenues, other opportunities, how they're going to distribute funds through the CARES Act, whether there's going to be FEMA funding, small business association loan funding for some organizations. This is cash you can get fairly quickly. There are repayment obligations, but potentially you could take funds that you ultimately receive through other sources and use those to repay amounts that have come through this accelerated payment program. Joe, I assume if an organization wanted to, they could repay earlier then the timeframes we laid out, there wouldn't be any sort of repayment penalty given given how this program is structured. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing that would um, prohibit or restrict an entity from repaying this quicker if you know they got to the 120 days or or the year mark, whatever it it, it is, and and they they have other funds available through those other programs, and they want to um, pay off their APP balance, there's nothing that would restrict them from doing that at that point. Well, thank you. I guess last last point on that is just, we've worked with a number of organizations. Joe, I know you have, I have as well. And there's not a lot of downside to requesting funds through the CMS Accelerated Payment Program. If an organization thinks they're potentially eligible, certainly, we recommend considering it. And if there's any questions, certainly feel free to contact one of us, uh, your regular hall render attorney. We, we thank you for joining us today. Wanted to mention we do have an information briefing webinar coming up on April 8th at 1 p.m. Eastern that's going to discuss not only this program, but also other relief funding availability probably have an update if you happen to be listening to this podcast before that date if you are listening to this podcast after that date it will uh, that that listening session is available on our website at hallrender.com so so please if you're looking for additional information on relief funding and what is out there check that out as a resource final reminder the The views expressed in this podcast are for those of the participants only and do not constitute legal advice.